0: What you're creating. Is it about a thing or is it about a person? Does it have an ending or is it a moment in time? Is it about something unique or are there many things like it? Is this a one-off or can you make several of it? These are questions every creator needs to ask themselves when beginning a project. The first time I heard these questions, it was in reference to script writing. The idea being this. If your story has an ending, then it should be a movie. But if it doesn't have an ending, then it should be a TV show. As with most advice that can be condensed into a quote that fits on a t-shirt, it's an oversimplification. But at its heart, it's good advice. And it doesn't stop at film and TV. When writing a manuscript for a novel, it's a good idea to know if the story is about a situation, and if that situation ends. Or if it's about a character that can go on many adventures. Is it a single book, a trilogy, a series, whatever. Because each of those will require a different type of planning. I ask myself this question often, in everything I do creatively, and most recently, I asked myself these questions when I sat down and started planning out and developing the idea I had about a podcast about entertainment. I knew I wanted to talk about more than just whether or not I liked something. I wanted to talk about how entertainment shaped my life, and its effects on me, and on society, and everything that I saw around me. For a very long time, I struggled with these questions. Was this a one-off idea? Was this something that could be summed up in one episode? Or this idea I have, does it have legs? So I went back to my podcast app, and I looked at the list of podcasts that I adore to see what they had in common, and what made them special, and which of them seemed like they would have trouble answering this question, and what they would have done about it. And you know what? I found a lot of them, and each of them handles the question very differently. So let's talk about that. But first, disclaimer time! This is not a review show! I am nerd incorrect. I'm passionate, opinionated, highly subjective, and so many, 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 many times incorrect. I have to repeat, this is not a review show. I'm not going to objectively weigh any piece of art on any merits. What I will do is explore the things that make entertainment beautiful, and explore the art created for us to consume while we live our lives. Thank you for joining me while I explore the adventures we have from inside the house. I'm uncool, I'm the on that everyone's bell. Murray, I've been broke in every since. Keep chasing my next high score. Issues galore. I'm a walking talking magazine. We all know that nobody reads. What's the use in words when they don't even understand me? Oh, Welcome to The Adventures We Have From Inside the House, a podcast about entertainment, how and why we consume it, and how it shapes our lives. And more importantly, a podcast that celebrates the things you like, even if nobody else does. My name is Tim Riel, and I am Nerding Correct, the boy who loves entertainment of every kind and always seems to fall in love with the properties and art that don't always follow the crowd. The consumption of entertainment en masse started for me at a very young age. My days were split up between school, sports, and entertainment. I was reading book after book, watching TV with my parents, listening to old-timey radio shows on my clock radio at 9pm when I was supposed to be going to sleep. In one of the places I lived, I was able to pick up CBC television on my radio by turning the dial past the bottom of the bands. At this point, I've only told you up to age 11, so that would be the first decade of my life. And at the time, I was undiagnosed for the ADHD I would realize at 40 years old I'd been dealing with my whole life. I was, and am, high-functioning, and was very lucky that my disorder manifested itself in a voracious appetite to consume information, a drive to find the interconnectedness of ideas, and most importantly, an ambition to do something creatively with my life that allowed me to not have to find a job where I would need to focus. Had this not been the case, I would likely have failed at becoming a self-sufficient adult person or, more likely, gone to seek treatment much sooner than the 38 years old uh, when I did, when a promotion at work necessitated a shift towards organization and planning. But in all that time, one thing has remained constant. I cannot spend more than a few seconds not actively consuming information and or entertainment. So at six years old, I read The Chronicles of Narnia, in the appropriate order, which is Lion First and Magician's Nephew Last. All of you reading Magician's Nephew First are really missing out on all of the fun surprises you get when you read it last. Then I read The Hobbit, followed by The Lord of the Rings Trilogy, as well as other age-appropriate books like Charlotte's Web and the like. At seven years old, I started raiding my parents' bookshelf, which was likely ill-advised because I started reading Stephen King's It. Peter Straub's ghost story, the Dark Tower books, and on and on, because my mom was into best-selling horror fiction. Every free moment had to be filled with something. I'd watch TV with my parents, despite not particularly caring about the show. I'd spend summers waking up to watch The Friendly Giant, followed by Mr. Dress-Up, then Fred Penner's Place, then Sesame Street, and then we'd switch over to my mom's shows, and I'd watch Erica Kane on All My Children, and Felicia Gallant and Cass Winthrop on Another World, and I'd consume all of it. I'd read everything, or I'd watch everything, or I'd listen to everything. And if none of that was available, I would write. I had to be entertained in some way, and it had to work my brain. I'm painting a picture of an indoor introverted kid, but that wasn't me. And that, I think, is my point. I had friends that I spent a lot of time with, going on adventures, playing street hockey, riding bikes. I played organized hockey and had swimming. But my brain is wired differently and constantly needs input. So I somehow fit a full active kid's life plus all of those books and movies and shows into the short time between bedtimes. Then when I was 12 years old, we moved across the country and decided to drive. My mom picked up Stephen King's needful things on audio tape from the library and copied them all over to our own cassettes because my whole family is criminals and we listened to it while driving. This trip changed my life. Up until this point, there was only one way to get a book into my brain, and it was through my eyeballs. My mother had introduced a second way, which meant that I could consume info while doing other things. I became obsessed with audiobooks, lending out every single one the library had. I'd listen anytime I couldn't use my eyeballs, when cleaning my room, or doing homework, or doing the dishes, or walking the dog. This continued into the Napster era, the LimeWire generation, the SoulSeek dynasty. I found out that college courses were being turned into audio files by the teaching company and that someone had pirated a bunch of them, so since my whole family is criminals, I downloaded all of those. And thus, a few years before Apple would release a product that would birth the idea of easy access to podcasts, I was already listening to podcasts the hard way. Took me a while to get an iPod, simply because I burned my own CDs and also didn't have money for a dumb mp3 player thing. I think at some point I probably got a shuffle, but by the time I got a legitimate iPod, the term podcast was coined and there were a few gaining traction. I listened to the Ricky Gervais show and the Adam Carolla show and a handful of others. It was clear from the beginning that this was a medium made for me. Audiobooks were expensive and hard to find, and they ended. But podcasts would just keep releasing episodes and I could keep consuming them. My first issue with podcasts in those early days is that I soon got bored with the funny celebrity talks to other celebrities format. It all started to get pretty samey, and so I needed to branch out. I found This American Life, a show ostensibly about anything, but is basically a podcast about finding stories everywhere and telling them very well. From my first listen, it was clear to me that I had found a team of people that shared something in common with me. This was a group of trained professionals, writers, producers, editors, journalists, people who were spectacularly adept at creating news and culture programs that a radio station would find profitable, but they were interested in the stories that were seemingly uninteresting. They weren't interested in what would classically be sellable, they just wanted information and entertainment. This was a podcast made by people that thought unique or banal or unpopular stories were more interesting and could hold the essence of society. And it was just way more fun to work on something that is interesting to them. To be clear, I know nothing about the production team of This American Life. And all of this is conjecture and opinion based on my own experience with the show. But I think I'm right. It's not so much the stories or the themes. It's about the people producing it and how they're usually the one presenting, narrating, and hosting their own segments. The stories are rarely about learning about the narrator personally, but through their descriptions, their choices, the stories they choose to tell, and their interaction with the subject, I start to feel like I know them as a person. The way you might build a friendship and a bond with someone you work with, or have a shared hobby with. The way that you can get a handle on someone's personality and value system without talking to them about their Personality and value system, specifically because we don't usually interview people to be our friends. It's about respecting and enjoying a person's point of view on things. It's an attraction to that person, the connection with someone who makes you want to be around them more, the joy of listening to them. That's how friendships are made. This American life is successful because their mandate is to tell stories about anything, which means there will always be something new to say, new stories to tell. 553 episodes with multiple stories in most episodes and still no end in sight. It's a format that has legs. But I think the real secret is that these storytellers are people I want to be friends with. They're people I respect. The real power of this American life for me is that I want to be interested in what they're interested in. If we were in the same community, if we were in the same place, if these were people that I had access to in my personal life... I would want them to be my friends. The Dollop is an American history podcast hosted by two comedians, Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. Dave Anthony is a history buff that pulls strange tales from history and tells them to Gareth who has never heard the story. Just like This American Life, the hosts of the show are what make it interesting. Other than a drive to take in information, there is nothing about the subject matter that interests me in any way. I don't particularly have an affinity for American history but the passion Dave Anthony has for it, and Gareth's surprise and delight are what I keep coming back for. Dave puts in an incredible amount of effort, getting the info together and laid out in a way that's interesting and tells the whole story, and Gareth reacts and improvises along with the story as his way of taking in and understanding the information. This style of interrupting and play acting and doing bits is also how I take in information, much to the annoyance of those around me who are just trying to get through whatever it is we're doing. But Dave's patience and willingness to go along with Gareth is comforting, and endears me to the pair. It's a podcast that I listen to not for the information, but for the people doling it out. In terms of longevity, this podcast obviously took that into consideration. You can tell by the vibe that this was just an excuse for Gareth and Dave to hang out. It could have been just that, but that doesn't have legs. You don't want to just listen to two people that are friends talk to each other. American history, that has legs. So Dave and Gareth now have the hook, the gimmick, and it's a solid one. People who like the pair will listen for them, as I do. And people who are into American history will tune in as well. It's a perfect balance of personality-driven podcasting and content-driven podcasting. The last podcast on the left is a murder podcast that digs deep into serial killers and other criminals and crimes. It's hosted by three comedians, Ben Kissel, Henry Zebrowski, and Marcus Parks. Again, these are three people who work well together and are entertaining and fun. Margus does the bulk of the research and compiles the info and relates much of the details to the other two. The amount of research and work that goes into these podcasts is staggering, but on the whole, it's perfectly balanced. People will listen because they love these guys, or they'll be fans of true crime stories. Sometimes that balance is heavily tilted to one side, and uh, when that happens, it's important for a podcast to know that and to lean into it if it would want to survive. My Brother, My Brother and Me, or Mabim Bam, as the fans call it, is so heavily tilted to the personality side of things that its base premise is largely forgotten and is rarely the point of any episode. Mabim Bam is a podcast by podcasting legends, the McElroy brothers, big brother Justin McElroy, middlest brother Travis Big Dog, Wolf Wolf McElroy, and baby brother Griffin McElroy, who host an advice podcast where they take a very long time getting to any advice, and when they do get to it, It's useless, nonsensical, or sometimes non-existent, while hilariously creating scenarios for each other to riff through. It's filled with a million bits, running gags, tangents, and chaos. It's also very easy to see why it has gained the popularity that it has. These men are smart, funny, and easy to listen to. This podcast is the embodiment of personality-based podcasting. It has a theme, but that isn't at all what the show is about. There's a razor-sharp focus on the chemistry and the wit of the trio, which is why it is no surprise to me that it is one of the most popular podcasts in the world. And also, why when they chose to do a podcast that was focused on a theme and brought that personality to a structured experience, that podcast became a bigger hit. The Adventure Zone is a D&D podcast where role-playing campaigns are played by the McElroy brothers and their father. The storytelling is incredible. I don't want to take anything away from that. But my point is that even though Mabim Bam is always in the top 200 podcasts in North America, The Adventure Zone, a podcast that was birthed from an episode of Mabim Bam, but has a focus and a hook that will bring people in who may not be fans of the McElroys, always charts higher. Personality can be important, but so can theme and content. If you're designing a podcast or any type of episodic media, it's important to find your strengths and decide where the focus should go. If you have both the personality that draws listeners and a topic that draws listeners, you're in a good position. So, what if you don't have both? Is that the end of the road? The Monday Morning Podcast is one of the biggest podcasts in the world and it has no hook, there's no theme. It isn't a topic podcast. It's not an interview podcast. It's a comedian-led podcast, but it doesn't do the interviews or talk about specific things. It is 100% personality-based. Bill Burr started recording the podcast in 2007 legitimately just talking into a microphone. That's it. That was the hook. Every Monday morning, you got to listen to Bill Burr talk for an hour about whatever he was thinking about. That's the whole pitch. You want to hear old Billy Burr talk about stuff for a while, like his research into epoxy floors or why he misses his Prius or drumming legends or a thing he heard on the TV? Yeah. Yeah, you do. The Monday Morning Podcast, or subsequently the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday Morning Podcast, that he puts out because people couldn't get enough of just one episode a week, is hands down the best example of personality-based podcasting. Nobody does it better. There are many podcasts based on personality, Adam Carolla, Joe Rogan, Your Mom's House, but these all have a hook. They're interview shows that bring on guests. Tune into Bill's podcast, and you'll likely not hear anyone else but him. And when a guest does show up, it's a surprise and a delight. And it's a change of pace because it's so rare. So personality-based podcasts can work, even without a theme or a topic, so long as that personality is strong. It has to be the draw. And since the whole point of the podcast is to talk about whatever you want, it has legs. So long as you keep finding things to talk about. But what if your personality isn't strong enough? What then? The theme, the topics, the hook, they're what has to be incredible. Serial is a podcast hosted by Sarah Koenig about a true story covered in full for an entire season. The first season covered the murder of He-Min Lee and focused on whether or not her accused murderer, Adnan Syed, was innocent of the crime. It was riveting storytelling, mixing a year's worth of interviews and research with up-to-the-week material which brought a sense of urgency to all the episodes. Episodes would feature follow-ups to leads provided directly by listeners while scouring the transcripts and archives of a 20-year-old murder case. The story remained intriguing, the evidence swinging back and forth between innocent and guilty. It was a phenomenon in the podcasting world. Sarah Koenig was a brilliant storyteller, but she wasn't the reason people were coming back. Not her personally. The story and the way she told it, yes, but Sarah was never the star of the show. Which is why Serial dropped off after season one. Serial had committed to a theme and a format. One true story for a full season, which worked for season one because it was an interesting story with a lot of intrigue and doubt. The issue is, can you maintain that? Does it have legs? Season two started off strong with a seemingly ambiguous story of a soldier who left his post and was captured by the Taliban. There were so many questions that needed to be answered, so many topics, so many angles. But after a few episodes... It seemed that the story wasn't that interesting after all, and the show wasn't the personality-driven type of show that could survive a weak story. So, they pivoted, and season three shifted its focus towards documenting, decoding, and dissecting the ordinary everyday of the American criminal justice system using Cleveland as its site of investigation. It offered up a prismatic view of the world through one specific courtroom week after week. This series did better, despite the loss of listeners during season two. And it's being turned into an HBO docu-series, but again, what's next? It's been three years since the release of Season 3, and no word if and when Season 4 will start. On the other hand, you have Phoebe Judge, the host of Criminal, a podcast about true crime. Phoebe, as a narrator and host, is implacable and soothing, even while describing some terrible things. She's an incredible host, no question. But her strength comes in her ability to not pull focus. You don't listen to criminal to hang out with Phoebe. You do it because the content is incredible. And as long as people still do terrible or illegal things, Phoebe's going to have a story for you. It's clear with both Sarah and Phoebe that they are wildly invested in the subject and that journalism is a passion for the two. In choosing the direction and theming of the podcast, they have found an audience looking for these stories. Sarah's may have been too specific to continue regularly, but Phoebe's is just general enough to have more legs. The boys from The Dollop love American history. Sarah Koenig, Phoebe Judge, and the last podcast on the left hosts all love true crime. Adventure Zone is about D&D. This American Life is about people. Bill Burr's podcast is about Bill Burr. And My Brother, My Brother and Me is about the McElroys. All of these podcasts and so many more have a hook. A simple idea that can be boiled down into a single sentence pitch, a searchable theme, a designated topic label. It's the next part of the creative process. First, this podcast idea you have, does it have legs? Then the next step, are you a big enough personality to carry the podcast through multiple episodes? Are people listening for you or for the content or both? And third, does it have a hook? It's that last question that stuck with me the longest. If you're not already famous or popular, which is where I am, you can't rely on your fame and popularity to get listeners. And if you can't rely on that, then you need something to pull people's interests. Craig Fay and Rebecca Reeds host a movie podcast, but there's a twist. The Villain Was Right is a podcast about looking at the story from the antagonist's point of view and realizing that maybe they weren't so bad after all. So, if you're searching for movie podcasts, you'll find a thousand podcasts, and maybe you'll want to listen to a movie podcast from a famous celebrity. But, you might just stop at this one, because that sounds interesting. It's not just going to be about reviews or opinions on movies. There's going to be something new to take in. Adam Blank hosts a video game podcast, but it's not just a regular video game podcast. Remember the game is about the nostalgia of old games from childhood and the effects they had on him and his guests. When you're scrolling through video game podcasts, you'll stop here and there and you'll see celebrities or people you know or brands you recognize talking about video games. But maybe you'll see this and you'll give it a shot because it's something different and new and specific. Spectacle by Mariah Smith is about reality TV and its effect on society. Maria Garcia's Anything for Selena is specifically about the singer and the history and stories that surround her. All of these are specific, pointed topics that call to a listener. It helps you find an audience. If you can make a show about something specific, something popular, something searchable, you've got a shot. If you don't have a name, a brand, or a network behind you, you need to make something that can be found and has a hook. You talk about serial killers or you talk about The Bachelor, or you talk about the writings of Stephen King, or the Second World War. That way, you can come up in searches. You fit into people's interest categories. And if you can find an interesting twist on those things, they'll click on you despite not knowing who you are. The danger, of course, with being the specific, is maybe that doesn't have legs. How long can you talk about episodes of The Simpsons? How long could you talk about the Western Front? is that your thing? Is that what you want to dedicate the next few years of your life talking about? Or do you just want to interview your friends? How many friends do you have? How many episodes can you make? Because the last thing you need to ask yourself is, do I even care about what I'm talking about? Podcasting, as with any creative endeavor, is significantly harder than people believe it is. There's a lot that goes into planning, creation, recording, editing, posting, social media, promotion. It's a lot. It's not a big money generator, so you have to really care about what you're putting out because nobody is going to thank you for it. It's going to take a lot out of your week, every week, so you're going to need to be sure that it's something you're willing to talk about and dedicate time to, which is where I got trapped. The thing I love The thing that fills my bones. The thing that I'm passionate about and knowledgeable about. The thing I have something to say about. The thing that I don't care if other people listen to me talk about. I will still talk about it. I won't need the money or the listeners or the fame to be able to expound upon. That thing is entertainment. It's not TV. It's not movies. It's not books or games or podcasts. It's all of those things. I've always been obsessed and have always looked at it differently than most other people. I see its effects on society, everyday life, people, politics. I can see the themes and messages and underlying motivations of both characters and creators. When I sat down to come up with an idea for a podcast, a medium that I adore, I knew the questions I needed to answer. 1. Does it have legs? Yeah, it sure does. 2. Am I a big enough personality, or will the content need to be the focus? Look, I'm probably not the draw, but hopefully I'm in balance with the content, and some people will stay for me, and some people will stay for the content. Three, do I care about this topic? Yeah, more than anything else, I think, yeah. I think about entertainment, talk about entertainment, consume entertainment endlessly. It's my favorite thing. Four, does it have a hook? No. No, it doesn't. And that's where all this falls apart. You can't sell a show about stuff. People aren't looking for generic entertainment as a podcast subject. And I'm not famous enough to trade on my fame. But for me, it comes down to this. Am I trying to sell this to you, or am I making something I love? Everything I know, And everything I learned about the entertainment business has been about how to sell, how to attract, how to get views, subscribers, listeners. It's about making quality products that people are looking for, catering to the audience, finding your niche. But what I've learned from consuming entertainment is that the best stuff has always been from people who made stuff because they wanted to, because deep from their soul they had to, and because nobody else was making the thing they wanted. My favorite things came from people who cared about their product and wanted to share it with the world, despite the possibility that nobody else would want it. So, I made a podcast about entertainment, how it affects us, and how it shapes our lives. Because I know that pop culture has always been an important part of who we are as a society. It's a touchstone of history, a mile marker of progress, and is often the catalyst for change. So when I ask myself, do I care enough about this topic? Are there enough stories to tell? And am I the person who can tell them? And will it be worth my time? The answer is simple. Yeah. Yeah to all of it. I'm making this thing. And it has legs. Our theme music is provided by Double Experience. You can find the track Bill Murray everywhere you get music. And my ability to take time out of my week to make this podcast is supplied by my supporters at patreon.com slash nerdincorrect. If you support us on Patreon, thank you. And because you do, you're listening to this episode a week before anybody else. And if you want to be part of that club, head on over to patreon.com slash nerdincorrect, where you get early access to all our podcasts, an exclusive podcast, and so much more. You can also join our Nerd Incorrect Discord server, The Incorrection, where we can discuss in more depth everything I talked about today. If you want your question and or comment about today's podcast featured in next week's episode of discussing the adventures we have from inside the house, you can drop it into our podcast-specific Discord channel or comment on the Patreon post of this episode. All of the comments on the Patreon will be featured, and if possible, as many of the Discord comments as well. I'm Tim Riel. Thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week as we discuss more of the adventures we have from inside the house. I'm uncool I'm the uncle that everyone's built me. And that's all right with me Cause I'm a walking talking magazine We all know that nobody reads But what's the use of words when nobody understands me? What's the point of trying to be someone that I can't be?